the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Uh, Brandon, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Thank you for having me again. It's been said, well, how do I say this? I guess it's been said for decades that truth is the first casualty of war, but it seems to be the that falsehood is is the first weapon of war in the Middle East, or at least when it comes to Israel. My God, the story that caught fire yesterday over a fire uh, in Gaza <laughs> that has um, that has swarmed the Middle East, and too many Democrats uh, like Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, who are still fanning the flames of the lie, um, yeah. it exercised Iran just when you didn't need to. It's exercised the other Arab states just didn't when you didn't need it to. It exercised the Arab street just when you didn't need to. And yet, yesterday, it would have been obvious to anyone who knows anything that something looked very odd in the very first place of it. I mean, I I have never seen a bombing situation where we, within 10 minutes, knew the exact casualty count and the responsible party. I mean, every part of this turned out to be a lie, Brandon. Every part of it. Well, well, and I said... You know, at the time, I said that this was obviously uh, the, the the terrorists doing this. Um, and, you know, I just what your audience should remember my book, The Shadow War, actually predicted all of this that's happening. It's like you know, people contacted me saying how scary it is that I actually predicted this. And so immediately when I heard that story and, of course, there's the lying press in the West that is dutifully becoming the propagandist for Hamas and the Islamic Jihad and uh, the uh, the Iranians, uh, you know, furthering this lie. But I knew immediately that the, first of all, there's no way 500 people were killed. Right. And second of all, just because Israel doesn't operate this way, Israel is extremely particular in how they strike. It is very rare that you would see that kind of collateral damage in an Israeli surgical strike. Right. Um, and second of all. Um, you know, this is part and parcel of Hamas and the rest of those groups' strategy. They are trying desperately to create the casus belli for Iran to officially step in. Yep. And that is what that was about. Just as the Hamas attack a week ago was predicated on making it impossible for Israel to get into an alliance with Saudi Arabia by provoking a military response from Israel against Gaza, which would then, of course, alienate the Saudi Arabian people who are pro-Palestine. And you've already seen now that alliance between Israel and and Saudi Arabia is on ice, at least officially, for now. Um, Now the next step is how does Hamas and Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad and Fatah operating under Iran's control or nominal control, how do they actually force a second front to open up from Lebanon? And also, how do they rope in officially 
Iran, and by extension, China and Russia. And this is one of the tactics they're using, false flag attacks. They do something, and they blame it on the Israelis, and the rest of the idiots in the Western press and the idiots on the Democratic Party run with it because they all hate Israel anyway. They don't like Netanyahu anyway, so they're going to run with it. And now we've spent the last 24 hours having to basically backtrack and say, no, 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 that's not what happened. I mean, even Joe Biden today had to emphatically state Israel did not do this. And believe me, that was through gritted teeth. Had to have been. And uh, not even his vice president, who was here in Arizona uh, last night, could say that. She could I'm not sorry, bring herself to her? say that. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, can you keep her? No, 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 no. We want to send her back your way. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. We'd rather send her back your way. But she couldn't stand up to a student at Northern Arizona University who was making this false claim. And you still and what do you say? What do you say of Congresswomen like Rashida Tlaib, who are leading rallies this afternoon, had was leading a rally earlier today in Washington, D.C., still claiming this thing? I mean, does she not know better? Is she deliberately perpetrating a lie Um, or does it not matter because the cause demands it? Right. In the case of Rashida Tlaib, we know that she has familial and financial connections to Palestine, to Gaza. We know that. That was reported when she was running for office. She has money coming in and going back between her and her extended relatives overseas in the Palestinian territories. We know that she has this obsession with Palestine because that's where you know her family is from. We also know that not only is she, uh, I mean, basically, let's face it, she's basically like a, like a nonviolent Islamist, uh, but also uh, her buddy Ilan Omar, another member of the squad. Uh, now, to be fair, I don't know to the extent that she's commented explicitly on this. Well, on we Twitter, she has. On Twitter, she posted yeah, that Israel bombed a hospital, and she has not taken it down. Okay, so Ilan Omar, we know, is a Qatari agent. Mm-hmm. We know that. I mean, I mean, I know Reboy's been on, and I know Dave Reboy. This is one of his big things. Ben Weingarten, yep, uh, you know, they, wrote a great book on Ilan Omar. Yep. So, I mean, this we know this is that she is the Muslim Brotherhood's girl in D.C. and Qatar loves her. And Qatar, by the way, is another. So, like, you've got another wider issue here at a strategic level. You've got Iran orchestrating this thing, but attached to Iran, you have this odd alliance in the Muslim world. You've got the Qataris who are really piling on along with Iran. And then you've also got Turkey, this wild thing, and, and Egypt as well. 
you, and Jordan. You've got this wild thing, though, with Turkey, where Turkey yesterday, it wasn't reported in the Western press, I was floored. Turkey is deploying their navy, which is a modern navy, to operate inside the USS Gerald R. Ford's AOR, area of operation, or area of responsibility, rather. And um, they, they're going to be doing with the Northern Cypriot Navy, which is a proxy of Turkey, they're going to be doing live fire exercises in the vicinity of the carrier group for Gerald Ford. And this is an attempt to bully the Americans to get them to back away from the region with their carrier strike group. Now, just imagine for a second. Turkey also invaded or bombed northern Iraq the day that these terrorist attacks happened uh, in Israel a week ago. There is a larger coordinated effort being led by Iran, but involving even NATO members like Turkey against Israel, against the United States' interests, serving not only Iranian interests in the region, but Chinese and Russian interests. World War III, as I said, in the shadow war, if only they had listened to me because I had solutions for avoiding it, World War III is starting now in the Middle East. Yeah, I think that's right. It's, obvi- it, 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 obvi- it's obvious to anyone with eyes to see or ears to hear. Do we not give Rashida too much of a pass, though, just because... Her heritage is Palestinian. I mean, mine is Lithuanian. No one expects me to speak up well, on behalf of whatever Lithuanian. Kamala Harris doesn't speak up on behalf of India and Jamaica yeah, over no, and against the United States. I'm not giving. I'm not giving her a pass. Yeah, I'm no, no, no. Right. We know that she's got these connections. Yeah. So of course she's going to be a blood curdling anti semite. Okay. Uh, you know, she she's this is part of her. This is part of her identity. Is this anti Semitism is part of her identity? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. She's enraptured by hate. And, uh, you know, it shows. And like I said, she is a legit. I mean, you want to talk about the green red act? Yeah, that's it. She's a spitting example yep. of that. Yeah, that's it. Um, if you're Israel, uh, well, let me start this way. First of all, a lot of been, people have been asking, you know, what's taking so long to go in on the ground war in Gaza? And there's been a lot of answers that have been floated, including, you know, needing to secure the north and preparing and that sort of thing. Although it seems like time is is not on Israel's side. It's also possible that Israel could be facing a multi-front war, as many as five fronts. Anyway, how do you analyze this if you're advising Israel? The reason that they're holding back is because the kind of operation they need to do is going to be very manpower intensive. Mm-hmm. It's going to be gruesome, and it's going to be time-consuming. And what that means is that for 100,000-plus IDF troops down in the muck in Gaza for, let's say, 6 to 12 months minimum, in that meanwhile, you're, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to keep their northern border with Lebanon secure. Mm -hmm. The thing that I think is is happening, and I wrote about this in Chapter 3 of The Shadow War, Mm -hmm. when this war began, um, I think the goal of Hezbollah and Iran is to not do anything in the north significant until all of those IDF troops are fully committed to combat in the south. Mm -hmm. And then once they're in combat, they're going to inevitably see collateral damage. They're going to have instances like we were just talking about where Hamas or the Islamic Jihad or whatever are going to be trying to create these false flag issues to, you know, maximize public sympathy with with the plight of the Gaza people. But they're also going to use those incidents as a casus belli to get 
Hezbollah to open up a second front. So what they're doing is they're waiting. And the, I think the Netanyahu's war cabinet knows this. And so they're in a pickle because they have to respond. Morally and politically, Netanyahu has to respond, and he has to respond in a very big way. He can't just do some pinprick strikes and then back away because that's not going to help him politically. He's already being blamed in some quarters of Israel's policy, politics for the attack for not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So he's got to hit them hard, but he's got to do it in a way where he won't completely alienate the Saudis or trigger a wider war. And that's the balancing act. And there's another problem here, Seth. Just like in World War One, and I've always said if there's another World War, it's going to be like World War One with nukes, not World War Two. Just like in World War One, what happened? The Austro-Hungarian Empire delayed for many months responding to the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. And it, the longer that they delayed, the less sympathy they had and the less political will that was given to them by the other powers to strike back at the Serbs. And so when they finally did strike back, all of that will had been lost, and all of that sympathy had been lost, and the rest of the powers around them simply looked at this through cold geopolitical lenses, and that, I think, is what's going to happen if Israel does delay too long hitting Gaza. They're going to lose all the sympathy, they're going to lose all the time and all the element of surprise, and it's still going to trigger a wider war. Yeah, that's my concern, too. Uh, you, you, you put it beautifully. Uh, it, it seems to me Israel is going to be constrained and restrained from fighting the kind of war it needs to fight to have the kind of victory it needs to have if it is planning to do the kind of ground war that you're talking about and the kind of ground war that we're expecting. It will also, interestingly, because Israel will not do Dresden, will not do a Tokyo firebombing of Gaza. Which is a problem. Is, right. It's going to put more of its own soldiers at risk in this operation. Right. I mean, what they should do, and they're not going to do it because they'll immediately lose the Arab street, and they'll also lose American support. But if it were me, knowing that I'm going to be up against a northern front and another front probably coming in from Syria, uh, as well as the Turks putting pressure on me at sea, uh, what I would do is I would just say I'm not committing a single ground troop to Gaza. I'm going to pull all those guys up north, and I'm just going to flatten Gaza. I'm going to leave – I'm going to make it – you know, what we did to Dresden, and then I'm going to salt the earth for good measure. Um, but they're not going to do that. No, so and they can't do it now. They might that. have been able to do it two Mondays ago, by the way. That's the problem with time. That is the problem with time. And by the way, that is that is exactly what Syria would have done. That is exactly what almost any other nation in the region would have right. done had a similar thing been done to them. It's what China would have done. It's what China would it's have what done. Russia would have done. Yeah. It's what any nation would have done. But Israel is in a unique spot because their so-called allies really don't want them to succeed. I mean, even Biden, he's getting all this praise from Netanyahu, and I realize Netanyahu has to do that because he needs to keep the Biden people happy. But Biden really hasn't done that much. Deploying a carrier strike group? la da Okay? <laughs> like, you know, give me something more than that if you're serious. Give me some air power in the region and deploy it against Iranian targets. Biden has uh, lathered the country and the world into the precipice of a new world war. You know, it's funny, Brandon. Everyone thought it was irresponsible to give Reagan the nuclear codes or Donald Trump the nuclear codes. This guy has upset every place there was peace. You know, you know, Seth, whether you're talking about Chamberlain, whether you're talking about uh, Carter, or you're talking about um, Obama or now Biden. There is a strain here. Whenever 
there is a Western leader that is weak and overly conciliatory with our enemies or is perceived as being weak and feckless. The world is actually less safe than when the supposed cowboys have the access to the codes and have control. Winston Churchill, Ronald Reagan, even George W. Bush, who I think made some mistakes. You know what, though? He did put the fear of God into our enemies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Donald Trump, same thing. Very unpredictable. Richard Nixon, same thing. Okay, so there's a there's a pattern here. The people that the left says are crazy on the right that take power, they actually end up making peace. They actually usually end up making it better. Well, I mean that that that's that's kind of what the odd thing is. You know, I'm thinking about parallels in the next election. I'm a little more optimistic than you about it. Maybe a lot more. <laughs> You're very pessimistic, <laughs> and I'm somewhat optimistic. So we're very distant on this, due to your press level of pessimism, not my level of optimism. But the parallels to 1979, including the same exact actors, are all over the place, at least worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, that would be ideal. I just um, no, I know, you know Trump, I know. I know. Trump's not a Reagan. <laughs> you like Trump's to hedge your Reagan. bets a little bit more than I do. Well, yeah. he's just you know, Trump's not a Reagan. I mean, yeah. Reagan was the happy warrior. Yeah. Uh, Reagan actually did appeal to independence in a way that Trump sadly does not. Yeah. And if Trump is the nominee, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be very tight the election, and it's going to be very contested, and we're going to be mired. You know, who? What I, I just wrote an article for 1945. I don't know if it's been published yet, but. It, I said, basically, whoever wins, it's going to be so close. Yeah. The loser is going to contest the election. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. Yeah, I, I think problems. that's right. I think that's right. And I think, by the way, it's the Democrats that have handed this ar- argument uh, to, the, to the country because everyone thinks it's popular to blame Republicans f- for election denial. But they've been doing it since at least 2000. Well, the Democrats have been yeah. doing it yeah. since, you know, yeah. for decades. I mean, yeah. they're the ones that started it. Hillary exactly. Clinton, I still found I found an article today from 2016 in which they were talking about Hillary Clinton sharing all this information yeah. about how supposedly Trump stole the election. So, you know, they, they've been doing it a lot longer. Yeah. And the New York Times, as they spread this lie, spread that one as well. It's a it's yeah. a next time we visit. Let's talk about the media's responsibility and all this stuff, too, Brandon. That's yeah. right. All right. Bless you, sir. Stay well. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.